everybody. Uh, my name's Harold. I introduced myself earlier, but just in case you didn't catch it, uh, I host a show called Tunes Tunes Podcast. Um, we talk about music, anime, all those types of things. And so uh, a while back, Steven here from the tower, shout out to Steven, uh, decided to start showing a bunch of awesome movies and got a few of us that do podcasts together to start helping with the programming. And so uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I was talking to Daniel, I think randomly, at, I think it was at your art show, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, man, I'm having a hard time like trying to come up with like a, mo- uh, like a music movie, like I'm having the hardest time, and uh, Daniel's like, dude, why don't you just do Interstellar? I was like, ugh, I felt like such an idiot, like how did I not think of that right away? Harold, like, I'd seen sh- it on Toonami and like all those things, so I'm like, man, why did that not just come to me right away? But it was cool, it was really awesome to see it. Uh, all the way through. I've only ever seen it like broken up on YouTube or like on uh, like the Toonami block. Yeah, and like, like 240p. Yeah, yeah like 240p. <laughs> really terrible quality. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool to be able to see it. But real quick, let me introduce these guys that are here for the panel. Uh, I got Mike Allen. He, uh, like I mentioned earlier, met him at an art show. Uh, he actually does like the speakeasy art shows, if you've seen those. like. There's diff- they do different theme every time. There's like a, they've done the Cowboy Bebop one. They did a Quentin Tarantino one. Uh, next one's Robots, right? Robots. Coming yeah, up robots. in November. So he does that and then robots. writes for, or does he illustrates for Nondoc, right? Yeah, I do uh, comics every Sunday for Nondoc.com. Shout out to Nondoc. Yeah, and then people get really mad at me and <laughs> everybody else on the internet. Well, you're doing your job then. Uh, we got Daniel Bokemper in the house, uh, contributing author, right, or writer yeah, first. So, yeah. yeah, I write for the uh, Oklahoma Gazette as well as uh, World Literature Today, um, and then I lend a hand editing uh, the Cinematropolis and also contribute there quite regularly. Um, and I also contribute periodically to Wicked Horror. Yeah, Daniel, uh, I think we, I don't remember how we met, I think we met through Caleb, Masters at Cinematropolis.com. Pretty sure, yeah. And uh, yeah, just had you on, and we, we both really enjoy Satoshi Kon, if you're you anime fans. And so we geek out about that all the time. And then uh, my main guy, J-Train, so, local gadabout. I'll let you int- introduce gadabout, yourself. Local J-Train? <laughs> my name's Jacob Galatia. I uh, don't really do anything special uh, other than hang out with cool people and uh, like Daft Punk in this case, so, uh, and anime. Uh, so yeah, I... Big fan. It was like, Harold, I love Daft Punk. you got to get me on there. I've appeared on the Toons Tunes podcast a couple times. So, And the Wafty Show podcast. So, hey. Podcast alum. <laughs> uh, and Jacob's actually hosting trivia tomorrow at the pump. Uh, if yeah. you guys like trivia, it's kind of all different kinds yeah, of general. categories. Of He's hosting stuff. that tomorrow. It's at 8 o'clock tomorrow at the pump. So come out to that. Uh, no, it was, it was really cool. Um, I really wanted to get into like how we all kind of found this movie and, and Daft Punk. Um, you know, when did you first become that or become aware that you know that there was this movie that was like an adaptation of Discovery? Did you find it like me, like on Toonami, or was it just you know word of mouth type stuff? Like, how did you first um, like become aware of it? And if you've seen it before, like how does it you know what what holds up or what what sticks out to you in, upon this viewing? I found this movie on YouTube. Um, it wasn't that long ago, probably six, seven years ago. 
at 240p, you know. <laughs> uh, I was just looking for Daft Punk music to listen to on YouTube one day, and I saw a video, an animated video for One More Time, and it was like, blue people? What, what is this? Um, so after watching that, I was like, oh, this is, this is like a big, bigger thing. So I Googled it and just watched the rest. It's all, it was all on YouTube. You can probably just watch the whole thing all the way through now, but it was like segmented back then. So like, I think you couldn't post a video longer than like five minutes back then or something. So that's how I got into it. As far as Daft Punk, I mean, I remember hearing around the world on the radio back in what, 97, 96 or whatever. Um, and uh, this album in particular, there was some like River City Ransom animation that someone had made um, in like 2003 or four, and it was just on like newgrounds.com or something. Shout out to Newgrounds. And it was set to uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, and I was like, oh, I really enjoy this song, but Daft Punk, I don't know who they are, but that's turns out I did. That's so. crazy, the Newgrounds pull right there. Played oh, me yeah. a flash dating sim on that. Harold, uh, oh my God. Anyway, uh, Daniel's in the house. So I think, uh, if I recall correctly, the first time I watched it was on Toonami, probably similar to Harold, and it was just not Interstellar 555 in its entirety, but it was just the first four tracks. Um, and then that was also, it sticks out the most because that was the same time I discovered Gorillaz, and they had uh, the music video for Tomorrow Comes Today, uh, Clint Eastwood and Rock the House. And uh, I didn't know it was an entire film until later, like uh, probably a few years later. Um, just randomly stumbled upon it on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, there's an entire movie here. Um, Daft Punk themselves, I think probably with this film, or at least one more time, is when I, I first heard them, and then started to, to kind of really get interested in them later, and, and moved on to like homework, and um, you know, of course, a few other, other projects. But uh, I don't know, it is quite a bit different looking at it now, I think, especially with just like anime in general, when you're a kid, I think we tend to attach to, to kind of what we see and the mythos and the, the characters. Um, and while we still, you know, grasp at the themes, we don't really see it here. But like, I, I was just watching it now, I kind of realized like, you know, it's almost about Daft Punk themselves, as much as they put themselves off as the, the subject of the film. It, it's almost like, you know, they're in a way a bit of musical pariahs. They're very popular, but they're, they're different. They don't tour very often. They never really toured, you know, extravagantly or, or, or in a lot of, uh, in a very high capacity. Um, so they've always been kind of standoffish and there's idea that to be popular and to be very successful in music, you have to be a very obvious commercial success. You have to almost be a product. And it becomes, you know, when you see the Grisendals transformed into like these, uh, you know, something that they're not, these husks, they're very etherized. They don't, um, really have any enjoyment. They're just tired. Um, and it's this way of kind of removing the, the human element of music and, and almost colonizing it and using it for a commercial product. So it's an interesting critique that I never really picked up on as a kid. Uh, but also, like that, um, it's still really colorful. It's still incredible. This was the best um, quality we could probably ever see this film in, uh, especially given the, uh, you know, the theater sound. So again, another shout out to the tower, but also just the the experience in of itself to see this in, in high definition. Yeah, that kind of theme of um, you know the mu music industry now it's like churn and burn and they bring in new acts and they just get burnt out. Like I never really latch on to that kind of theme it, that it, was it, showing yeah. through in the movie. <laughs> and it's so weird to what end like five thousand five hundred fifty five gold records or something. Is that like what is? 
I know, but maybe that is what happens. Maybe that's why. Maybe that, I don't know, you transcend into like a space demon or something. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember starting to listen to Daft Punk around 09 or so, 10, um, getting into their greatest hits, and I was like, oh, these guys are amazing, and getting into like a lot of EDM and, and electronic type music. And then um, I remember looking up music videos, and at that time, that's when like Daft Hands and Daft Bodies were a thing on YouTube, and those are really fun. And then, so I saw those, and then I saw the, the videos, or what was the videos on YouTube of like, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, and it's like, this is anime? That doesn't really seem normal. And so I, then I learned about Interstellar, when watching, I was like, this, this is really cool. And uh, just kind of super got into Daft Punk after that, and in 2013, when their last album came out, I was so into that, and uh, loved the, the crap out of that. And Watching this this time, um, I realized that like anime and there isn't a lot of anime music. So this is definitely a good pick. And the fact that Daft Punk over their careers have always tried to do something different and not just, you know, oh, here's a, here's a uh, music videos, here's a tour. Um, here, I'm getting my Grammys, get my awards, even though they did win a lot of Grammys, finally. Um, but they, they, they've always tried to push the boundaries. A lot of what they've done has been uh, outside of just making music. Like they, this whole entire persona of we're mass guys who we we're, want to be treated like robots, like we're not human. We don't want it to be about a, our, ourselves. We want it to be about a, an idea uh, is what their music is behind. And I always thought that was really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I was going to say is just, I think one of the things that made it stick out to me, like their music, something that made me latch on to it, was, uh, you know, the prevalence of like a lot of uh, like funk, and a lot of samples, a lot of like older songs brought in and reused, um, different sections. Uh, I love when people bring, like make videos, like I, I watched a video, I think the other day, it was just like someone laid out all of the samples that they use versus like the actual song, so you can see exactly like where the influence comes from, and that's like super cool to me. Uh, so yeah, like, stuff like the funk elements and samples, like really what got me into their music. Um, I was just gonna ask you guys, like what do you think that makes their sound so iconic and recognizable, like to stand the test of time? Is it like the production, the samples, like the, BP, the, like, the BPM type stuff they choose? Like what do you think like makes the music like stand the test of time? I think with, um French House, uh, they, especially Daft Punk, they really will pick out a chunk of a song that's like the most catchy part of it and then just loop it. I mean, they chop it up, of course, and pitch things down and up. But I think that's what draws people to their music. And um, there is a new genre of music, by the way. See, this is what I wanted to talk about. But there is a current genre of music that Daft Punk kind of started, and it's called Future Funk. Um, it's, if you just go to YouTube, you can, you can find it. But, um, and it, it's exactly that. It reminds me a lot of French House. But it, it's almost like they take it to its inevitable end, where it's just like, we're just taking like two bars and just looping it <laughs> over and over again. But it's like so catchy, you're like, oh yes, yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> Um, but I think Daft Punk's music has that that quality, and I think that's what really uh, keeps people listening to it over and over again. And it's not not going to get old because it's a sample 
of an old song, but new. And so you're just like, well, what time period does this fit into? And um, yeah, that's just that's things it. like that just help it effectively transcend like musical genres. It's a cool thing. Like it, you, something that maybe you wouldn't have normally listened to, but because they had like put their spin on it, it's like, oh, like I can get into this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think in one song, actually, there is an album that I think they released called like Daft Samples or something, and it's just the samples from this album, what they used, and I think you can just listen to it all the way through, but there's one track, um, Face to Face, it's like the second to last song, um, that little um, <laughs> that little noise is like the guitar from Evil Woman, ELO's Evil Woman, and they just like slowed it down and pitched it down, it's wow. like, dur, 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 you know, but it's Weird. like the Evil Woman, you know, like that part. Huh. That's just crazy. Like you. This is fun. They like in the microphone. They change. They change it up so much to where it's like almost unrecognizable for some things. Yeah. You're like what? Sure. Like how is that from that? Like that's so crazy. It definitely becomes its own thing. Yeah. For sure. What do you think, Daniel? Well, I a few things. Just not knowing anything about music theory, I assume there's a lot of nuance and ingenuity that goes into their production. But as Mike was saying, there's simplicity. You know, taking the you know, just a, a few bars and just seeing how far you can go with that, repeating them. I think of Around the World, um, and just, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing for, what, like six or seven minutes, but, uh, but with that, it's very easy to listen to, it's very accessible, and it grows timeless. I think it's really interesting that you can see music that's now basically 20 years old, um, and, you know, there's there was children at this uh, screening, and they were getting down to Daft Punk, and I think that's kind of <laughs> impressive. I don't know if maybe they're just... You know, Daft Punk themselves are just still kind of a part of the, you know, the the maybe the more overarching zeitgeist we're within. But I have a feeling that they'll they'll probably go quite a bit further, um, and maybe at one point be considered a, a classical. But but also they're not, you know, they're not afraid to acknowledge and incorporate their influences. And Jacob was mentioning their uh, uh, album from 2013, Random Access Memories, and the influence Nile Rodgers had on both that that production. I assume he was uh, heavy songwriting credits there too, but um, either way, they, they will not deny that influence. They're actively incorporating it, actively finding what makes popular music popular um, and what makes interesting music interesting and, and turning that into something that's a little bit more accessible for everyone, and I think that's incredibly valuable. Um, so that's why Daft Punk endures for me, personally. But Yeah, I, I remember reading once that uh, the reason people like electronic music and that kind of seemingly repetitive uh, beats and noises, it changes very slightly each time or each several measures. So it's like, you know, it gets you interested in what's going to happen next and then leads you into a chorus or to the rest of the song. And I think that Daft Punk has kind of mastered that because a lot of their songs definitely do that where it's like gradual change, gradual change, and then um, onto the next. And um, they discovered the, the vocoder and they never looked back. And... Uh, <laughs> they, they definitely uh, have awesome use of the vocoder and uh, synthesized uh, voice and um, like with random access memories and future funk and everything they, um, they, they sampled a lot of retro sounds um, and it, some of it's really crazy like you're talking about Eagles like the superhero song like superhero that's like from a Rod Stewart song that doesn't sound anything like that yeah. and uh, it's from pretty, a Rod Stewart song? yeah I'm pretty sure that's crazy. And yeah, the, the things that they, they can do with sound like that and samples are insane. And um, I, I love Random Access Memories because they basically said, 
oh, we've been using all this song. Let's just make our own. Let's let's get Nile Rodgers. Let's get Pharrell. Let's get uh, uh, Giorgio Moroder and um, all these like guys from the 70s who started electronic music in the studio and crank out some awesome music. And uh, I, I just love that album for that reason. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it definitely shows that it shows the test of time. All these people showed up to like watch this movie. It's freaking awesome, man. But, you know, with the the concept of that, um, yeah, I think you were talking, one of you guys was talking about it, but just like, instead of just doing like the normal churn and burn, like let's put out a video, let's go on a tour. Like they came up with this really like conceptual thing that's, I think is really interesting. Like it, it's obviously is like interesting enough for us to kind of like, you know, revisit it and for it to hold up for us. And so it just got me thinking like, what would be another album? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be Daft Punk, but what would what would be another album that you guys would like to see, kind of conceptualized like this? Like for me, uh, when I was thinking about it, I wanted to see something like uh, Stankonia, Outcast, uh, maybe illustrated by Aaron Magruder, the guy that did the uh, the Boondocks, like something like that. I thought that would be really cool, just because like I really enjoyed that album. And so yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' take on like you know what what an interesting thing that you would like to see would be. Uh, I think. Well, I'll keep with the uh, Cartoon Network theme here, and uh, I would say uh, Flying Lotuses Until the Quiet Comes. Um, <clears throat> if you've listened to any of Flying Lotuses' like more current albums, he works with like Thundercat a lot, the bassist, um, and it just sounds like I always describe it as jazz in the year 3000 in space. Like that's the way it is. There, there's not really any words on the album, but I was thinking it could be something like a Fantasia type of thing. That would be dope. Um, if if Disney was interested in doing artistic things anymore, which they're not, but um, <laughs> burn. We uh, can entertain it here, it's okay. I'm a big fan of 2D animation. I really do not like CG at all. But um, no, I think that would be really cool um, to see something like that. And I, I think any kind of jazz works really well for that. Um, but yeah, Flying Lotus. Any of his albums would be great. That'd be dope. It just reminds me, like, in between shows on Adult Swim, every time he yeah, Flying Lotus. <laughs> he did a lot of the bumper music, so bumpers. that's where you would know him from. Although his stuff on Adult Swim is more like the hip-hop stuff. Yeah. Whereas... More like it, Jay Dilla's, like... Yeah, more sim like Dilla. Similar yeah. to that. But his current stuff is more jazz. Like, it's yeah. more... I don't even know. Well, he's been working with Kendrick Lamar a lot, but um, it's still kind of out there, for sure. Um... I had a couple. Um, one that when Harold asked me that question, I, I really couldn't think of just one. But um, I don't think I'm the first person to say this. I probably will never be the uh, last either. But I think if maybe Gorilla's Demon Days could have been illustrated and adapted into a fully visual album uh, in its entirety, I think that'd be cool. I don't think. I also don't think it's too late for that to maybe happen. But who knows? Um, it's all just kind of rumors for right now. Um, I think I really liked the uh, animation of uh, Killer Mike's Reagan and uh, that music video. I think if that was applied to maybe something like Run the Jewels 3, um, and I have no idea who the animator Boy. was behind that. but That would be sick. That would be awesome, yeah. Just this very abrasive imagery. Pretty simple, but just never really lets you go. I, I don't know a way to describe it other than it's almost like you're experiencing... Um, something very raw and sketched out, but it's also kind of an infograph. You know, if you see Reagan, it takes you through so many concepts and institutions, and, you know, at one point you're, you're seeing the, the plight of, you know, inner-city America, and then you're seeing uh, a massive, you know, like, crop field. Just 
being decimated and, and just it bounding from concept to concept, like, um, you know, like Run the Jewels often do. Uh, the other one, I know um, this was already adapted, I think, in 2012 into a Broadway production, but it was kind of, to me personally, it was a little bit lackluster. I feel like uh, The Flaming Lips, Yoshimi Battles the uh, uh, Pink Robots, would have been really cool if it was like adapted into a way. Um, there's this film from the 70s. It's a French animated film, uh, The Fantastic Planet, I think is what it's called. But it, has, it actually involves blue aliens. Um, as well, kind of like Interstellar 555, but it's illustrated way more like terrifyingly. Like, I don't know why what was happening. <laughs> I kind of know what was happening in the 70s, I guess, to cause people to maybe hallucinate something really crazy. But the, uh, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just think um, with the album, you know, and the art, the promotional art they put out with that album, it matches. It was obviously influenced by um, that film in of itself. I think it would have been cool to, to just see it kind of adapted into that form. But. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville? No, um, Lit. It's not for real. Lit. Um, no, I actually, uh, whenever I, Harold mentioned this question, I kind of struggled because I was like, what would be good? Because, like, Daft Punk has already done, like, so many movies and, like, animated adapt adaptations, so uh, it was kind of a struggle. But I did realize there's one that I think would be really good, and that's Coed and Cambria. Um, like oh, yeah. The, I forgot the album name, but it's the Burning Star 4, I think. Yeah, and, the uh, uh, In Keeping Secrets. Yeah, the, that, that, they had already, they have like an underlying comic, right? story going on. Yeah, it's yeah. already a comic, The Amory Wars. And I remember reading that a long time ago, and it's definitely some crazy sci-fi. And uh, seeing that being adapted to uh, animation, probably the, the best adaptation they could do of that. The comics are already pretty cool. Um, I think they are doing a, are still doing a run of that, according to a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I just thought that would be super cool because that the, all those albums that Cody and Cambria has released are a part of that story of uh, of this universe that they've created, and um, I always thought that was amazing. That's a really good one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a, I mean, didn't they get the the band name from like? Characters in the comic or something like that. I thought I remember reading that. Uh, I think the, the characters name. are in the comic, um, but I think that one of them is like an ex-girlfriend of the lead singers or something like that, or the name. She's was. the bad guy. Yeah. Um, so I may be completely wrong about a lot of that. So sorry about that. But <laughs> I, just, I just, just know that misinformation that, the entire time. <laughs> I just know that the, that you know learning about that story was really cool, and I'd love to see that adapted. That would be that would be cool, man. That's a good one for sure. Uh, well, real quick, I guess I'll take some questions if we have any down here. You got a question? I'm gonna come down there this time though. Y'all can't tell me how to live my life. Wondering if uh, you'd ever seen Electroma by Daft Punk. Somebody was talking about that. Was that you, Daniel? I. No, I think it was Brian. Yeah. Oh, I've, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen silent movie. Uh, the only real audio in it is sound effects and music that they picked, some of their influences and some of the, the things that they like a lot. None, none of their music is in it at all. It's a very, very sad, uh, breathtaking movie. Uh, I've only seen it a handful of times, but I, it's one of those that try and push on to anybody I can because, it, like this movie, something cool people need to see, you know? That's cool, man. I hadn't heard of that one. We, we obviously don't know that much, guys. <laughs> I'll watch it when two. I get home. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it once. Yeah, I've, tried, I've watched it before. Oh, it was a Barry Manilow song. 
Not a Rod Stewart song. Is what What's this that? guy was saying. What song was that? Oh, okay. Superheroes. One of them. Get it right, get it tight. Thank you. He just, Rod Stewart was on the brain because he's about to be here. <laughs> Jacob got his tickets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got any, we got any more questions out here? Got one over here. I'm walking and I'm talking. Well, like what you were saying about like um, Demon Days being could see that one being made into a movie. What do you think about, like, Plastic Beach? I mean, yeah, that, that would be really cool. Uh, and it's interesting you mention that because uh, Plastic Beach, they had a few. Didn't they have, like, Rhinestone Eyes? They wrote out, like, a storyboard that was supposed to be just basically uh, exposition for the story of Plastic Beach. I mean, they've done a lot of the work for it, right? They, they've at least conceptualized it in a, you know, for the most part in an in a animated format. So... Why not? I, I like Demon Days better is the only reason I, I lean towards that one, honestly. So it's a little selfish, I guess. Uh, but, but honestly, I guess all of the Gorillaz albums could, could probably translate to that, that medium. Uh, I think the Plastic Beach might be, um, I feel like they have more of a, a more realized story with that. So it might actually work better as a film than something like Demon Days. Um, so I think either or, but we'll see. Uh, supposedly, they are starting production in 2019. I don't know. I feel like I keep seeing news about some kind they of. They say a lot of stuff. They do say a lot of stuff, and then they go away There's for five like years. There's been like a live action Gundam and works for like yeah, 30 years. So I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. I know. Live action <laughs> I want to Akira. <laughs> but I'm going to be like on my deathbed. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson as Noodle. Is that going to be the. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't curse it. I really don't. Don't let this leave the theater. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't blame this on me if you haven't. Uh, if we have any more questionies, if not, I'll uh, go ahead and do this giveaway real quick. Okay. Tron Legacy? We actually just watched that, didn't we? That's just a two, like, the first Daft Tron. Punk music video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did the soundtrack. Yeah, there's this, the, the soundtrack for that, um, which is definitely good, like, ambient music. And then um, there's a remix album with a bunch of other current EDM artists, like Glitch Mob and uh, um, a few other people, and uh, it's really good. I would definitely recommend checking that out if you're into EDM and uh, electronic music. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for your questions. Real quick, I'm going to let these guys tell you where they can, where you can find them on, like, social media or, like, their projects. And then we'll get to this giveaway. Um, you can find me eh, basically just on Instagram these days at, uh, at Muddy Mallon. Um, I post a lot of my art there, so if you want to check it out, that'd be cool. Um, other than that, nondoc.com. I've hosted some debates here for local politics. Um, I try not to get too political. I'm, I make silly stuff for them. So. <laughs> and then the art shows, the next one. Uh, the next art show at the Speakeasy is robots-themed, and it is November 3rd. See some big A ways o. away. We'll if you want to submit o. for it, let me know. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, Daniel Bocamper. Uh, you can find me probably most frequently at the cinematropolis.com. Uh, there we're dishing out a lot of really interesting essays on film. Um, this month we're doing kind of a, a theme on time traveling, too. Um, so there'll be quite a bit of content in that, in that theme. Uh, oh, it's about a ghost story by David Lowry. 
knew you'd ask. We're not that. taking any more questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> These fans, maybe was over. Insa- insatiable. Give them, give them but uh, <laughs> no, we uh, we also, uh, or I guess I um, write for the uh, OK Gazette and World Literature Today as well. So you can find me in in either of those magazines, newspapers, whatever they are. Uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter as JTrainOKC. And uh, I'm on Facebook, Jacob J Train Galatia. Um, so you can add me if you want. That's kind of weird if you don't know me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they the other you two, I, you can follow me there. Um, if you want to talk about Daft Punk or um, video games, I'll, I'll talk to you. And guys, you can follow me on social media. You just My name Harold Story. On, I think it's a Harold Story on Twitter. Uh, that's S T O R E Y. So get it right, get it tight. Um, and then Tunes Tunes Podcast. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then Google Play or iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So thanks everybody for sticking around. Bye.